great praise, great time together. I know everybody's a little bit worn out. It's been a busy couple weeks, uh, but I think God has used that to prepare us for such a time as this. Jan, you're in the house. It's so good to see you. Oh, man, praise God. And so uh, it's good. It's been a long, this is your first Sunday back since uh, COVID. So, wow. How many months has it been? A year. man, praise God. I'm glad you're here. And it's good for all of you that are been able, been able to come back and, uh, and join us after COVID. So it's hard after one year not to be able to gather together. But what a great opportunity it is. This is a great week to come back, Jan. So that's exciting. Uh, be praying for James. Obviously, he's, uh, he's hospital. Not obviously. He is hospitalized. So be praying for him. Uh, and this time, it's not gastroparesis. So you'll want to continue to pray for him. He's having some esophageal problems. So be uh, in prayer for that. But, uh, man, I tell you what, this is an exciting week at HBF, and I pray that uh, everybody's going to take every effort to take advantage of it. Uh, the theme this year is finish his work based on John chapter 4, and verse 34, and that's not a surprise to most of you as we spent several weeks talking about Jesus uh, and dealing with his disciples and finishing that work. Remember when he was in Samaria and uh, he was meeting with the woman at the well, and, and they didn't quite grasp all that he was doing. and. And really what they missed was what time it was. It was time for him to get the gospel out. They thought it was time for lunch, right? And so, and so he's like, hey, I got meat that you know not of. We're gonna, I got to finish the work that God has given me to do. And so you see some uh, images here on the wall. There's three things that we got to be doing uh, as, at this time uh, as the Lord is wanting us to wrap up this church age. And that's to make sure that we are busy about sowing God's word. We've got to be getting the gospel where it needs to go on time. If we're not, we're not good disciples. Uh, and that also leads us to what we do as a church. It's a shepherd, right? We're here to edify. We're here to build the body of Christ and to shepherd souls. And then, of course, also it's so important uh, that we send, that we continue to plant churches, that we continue to send missionaries. And, and that requires, uh, you know, really advanced, what we call advanced discipleship, folks really going all the way through the seventh stage of spiritual growth so that they can go into that eighth stage and reproduce new life in a new location for God's honor and glory. So we're excited about all of that, and I'm excited about all the work that's gone into to just preparing. You notice as you come in today, the hospitality, wow, what incredible hospitality that was. There's, there's all of that. There's the coffee and the tea and the, all the goodies out there. So I praise God for, for all the work that went into that, especially on the heels of uh, the celebration of life and all of those things in the Easter service. Uh, that is the, the work of uh, the vision of Betty Arney, uh, who can't be here because of COVID. Uh, and so we praise God for everyone who picked the ball up and carried that, uh, you know, to uh, get the hospitality going. Uh, Desiree and Mickey Fox and Jim and Jerry Stovall and Chris and Lauren were out there yesterday working hard. And um, Mark Lockwood has got the, the team set up for Monmouth. And man, what an exciting thing it is this week, every, every night, right? So starting this morning, tonight, uh, tomorrow morning at 9, uh, tomorrow night. Uh, Tuesday night, or Tuesday morning, Tuesday night, and then Wednesday night, uh, Monmouth Maple City Baptist will be handling the children's ministry. So that means the children's workers right now are free to be in here. So this is the one time of year when we can gather together as one man and just hear from God's word. And, uh, and that's why we do this. And we, it's called a vision conference because, well, where there is no vision, the, the people perish, right? And uh, it's so important that we understand, we know God's mission, but we got to have a vision for how God wants to implement that in our life. And just a couple years ago, uh, at, our, at the last time we had a, a vision conference, uh, we didn't have one last year because of COVID, 
Um, uh, Lee and Heather Carter were joining us as on deputation, getting ready to go uh, to Dominican Republic. Lee was, uh, you know, just looking any time, any day to have his happy dance, and uh, and so he finally did. Uh, and if you don't know what that is, he can tell you about it later. But anyway, he finally got that happy dance in, and next thing you know, COVID hits, and and so these guys are full of faith. Uh, you're going to be so excited to hear from Lee and Heather Carter. They're they're now serving. Uh, in uh, Santo Domingo, that's the, the city they're in, in Dominican Republic, and they are uh, in the middle of a pandemic. They just, by faith, they just moved and moved into a very a difficult situation, and uh, they've endured a lot of hardness as good soldiers already. It's not been easy for them, but they've continued to do the ministry, and as you know, David Branham heads up their prayer team, and we've been able to give some flip-flops to them for Jesus and do some things to, to try to help, you know, get them into the outreach mode using some some key tools and some key places, and so, man, I thought when we were praying about a speaker, I thought, man, there's a guy right here who's wanting to finish God's work. He's wanting to finish strong by faith, and uh, and you're going to enjoy hearing from uh, Missionary Lee Carter this week, and so we're gl- glad that uh, Lee and Heather were able to join us. They've come back from Dominican just this week to be with us, and so uh, we're so thankful to have them. Uh, this is a man who's uh, about preaching the gospel and making disciples and doing everything that we're talking about, sowing, shepherding, and sending. And so we're going to have a great week uh, with him this week. So with all of that said, brother, uh, let me read one verse, and I want, then I want to bring uh, ask Brother uh, Carter to come up. But in Proverbs, this is not our theme verse. This is another verse God put on my heart. In Proverbs chapter uh, 10, in the verse, uh, uh, verse 5, it says, he that garnereth or gathereth in summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causes shame. And if you want to boil down what we're doing here this week, it is really making sure that we are engaging in the harvest. I tell you, there is not a better time in, in, that I can think of right, than right now to be getting the gospel where it needs to go on time. People were shocked last week at people that came out for Easter. Why? Because you know what? Statistically, People will come to Easter if they're invited. The problem is not people wanting to come to church on Easter. The problem is Christians being willing to v- invite them. And that's the, that's the sad truth in the church. Uh, not necessarily in our church. I hope not in our church. But that's the truth. Uh, people are more hungry today for the word, I think, than they've been in a long time. And so, you know, it's, it's time for us to wake up and realize there's a harvest. It's time to get out in that field. You don't want to be uh, sleeping during the time of harvest. So with that, I want to invite my brother uh, uh, Lee Carter to come up here, preach the word to us. Give him a good HBF welcome. Okay, here's my disclaimer. I, I, I am not fluent in Spanish, but my mind is constantly right now trying to translate things from English to Spanish because we're living in the Dominican. So if I start tripping over words, Please just just ignore it, right? You know, I, I learned yesterday when I did the class Saturday morning for the evangelism class that when I'm in idle conversation, just talking about sports and things like that, I don't have any problems with it. But when I switch over to where I'm preaching or talking about the Word of God, mi mente is diferente. <laughs> Amen. So I'm just going to ask up front for some grace when it comes to that um, and for some grace when it comes to me. I'm just a child of God. I'm just a servant. 
what I want to do is live. And I want to hear from you. So I'm going to start with prayer, and, and it, was, it was amazing in Sunday school this morning because, Randy, the way you prayed was exactly the way I prayed. It was my favorite way. I don't know if everybody's that right now, but, and, and so I'm going to look at Psalms real quick. I'm just going to pray through the part of Psalm 70 and 70, and just touch on a couple of these. Just I just need to talk to my Savior and hear his voice so that I can just be the vessel he needs me to be in delivering these words today, so. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Heavenly Father, I cannot do this without you. You have to do this. I need your deliverance today in a way where my mind is completely at liberty in you. And my, my mouth is your mouth. Deliver me from the the attacks of the adversary, that they would have no avail on my mind or my mouth, and that you would just be able to use me completely and thoroughly however you desire today. Lord, my words have no avail and no value, but yours are life. You are love and you are power. You are all. We just pray that you would speak to us today. We come to your throne knowing You are God of all. There is no doubt about that. And we thank you for the sacrifice you made um, in delivering us from sin, but in the beautiful value of being able to walk in a relationship with you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, so finish his work. You guys have been hearing that for a little bit, right? And it's absolutely perfect. Perfect for this time. We are, I would not trade being alive now with any of the Old Testament saints. No way. No way. I have all of him. Right? What's John say? Jesus is what? It clarifies it. John chapter 1, what's, what's it? it makes it so crisp and clear. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was without God. I mean, hey, you're listening. That's right. Now, children's workers, let me see your hands. Right? I have a huge heart that's right in a line. My first 17 years in the ministry, Children's Church. Thank you for what you're doing, right? But all of you know how this is going to go then because you work with kids, right? And so I'm going to look for interaction today, right? I'm going to throw some curveballs. I want to see if you're listening, right? That's what Jesus does to me to make sure I'm listening, okay? And so don't be... Don't be surprised and be awake because, I'm, you know, I've been known to call on a person or two. <laughs> All right? So this is his word. And we know that, right? Can I get an amen that this is the word of God? 
Okay, let's travel here. Can I get an amen that this is the word of God? Yeah, that's a little bit better. You're almost up to Chiefs, Chiefs fans noise level. Come on now. I'm from KC. I know how loud you can get. Is this the word of God? It is. And we remember that. That doesn't surprise any of you right now that I am saying that. That this is the word of God. But what we, we as Christians in general are guilty of sometimes is we forget that this is Jesus. It says the word became flesh in verse 14. And dwelt among us. So, it, yes, it, it is God's word, but this is Jesus. If I want to spend time with him, all I got to do is go get my book. Right? And I can hear his voice anytime I want. Because this is Jesus. And he has a purpose for us that is beyond anything I could ever understand why he would allow us to even be part of it. And that's finish his work. See, Pastor Hedges is not trying to finish his personal work. He's trying to finish his work. That's his goal. That's all of our purpose. You're going to get so sick of hearing me say it. Finish his work. He has to be our focus. Because if you're, you're trying to finish your work, I'm trying to finish my work in him. Yeah, no, that's not going to work. It won't. You can get tired, worn out, and quit. And walk away from it thinking I'm a failure. You get, it, it doesn't work that way. Because, see, when I'm finishing his work, that means I have access to his power. That means I can walk in his strength. Amen? That means in the middle of a pandemic when everything's been shut down and everybody says there ain't no stinking way that you're going to the field. And by the way, stinking is a technical term, okay? There ain't no stinking way you're going to the field right now. And God says, hey, check this out. Watch this. And provided every penny that was needed in the middle of the pandemic. The country wasn't even allowing travel. You could not fly there. You couldn't. I've thought about hopping on a boat, cargo ship. My wife didn't want to do the work. No, I'm just kidding. It's actually the other way around. She would have done it in a heartbeat. We couldn't even get there. And then for one week, for one week, God opened the doors to be able to get on an airplane, fly into a country, walk into our apartment, and then the country gets shut down again. There was some of the time where we had the liberty of seven hours a day we could leave our home. For 17 hours we had to stay in our house. Now, I love my wife and she loves me, but 
Praise God for Jesus, right? In the middle of the pandemic, only God can do that. Only God can do that. But why was it done? Was it for me to go and do the work he's given me? Thank you. Who said that? You are hired <laughs> to finish his work. And everybody here has heard this repeatedly, and, but I'm going to read the verse. John 4, 34. Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. He had an urgency. The urgency of Jesus' attitude was about finishing his work. If we will take time to remember, there's three things. If we'll take time to remember them, it'll help us with our urgency, and we'll talk about it later on this week. Let me hit those three things real quick, and then we're going to keep on, keep on rolling. So you can write them down, or you can just listen to them because you're going to hear them again this week. But we must remember God hates sin. We have to remember that. This is just to help us. We're not even to the introduction yet, guys, okay? This is just to, just to help us with the urgency. These things on the walls are amazing. They're amazing, right? Sowing, but with urgency. So preparation for sowing with urgency, right? So we must have urgency in shepherding. I can't say, oh, the guy will still be alive tomorrow. I'll call him then. I can't do that. I can't say, oh, I'll just, the weather will be better tomorrow. I'm going to share a story about weather tomorrow. <laughs> but we can't just put things off. We have to have urgency. But there's only one place you're going to find the urgency that you need. And that's in Jesus. You're not going to find it any other place. Because the world will tell you, I'm sorry, tranquilo. It will tell you, just relax, just calm down. It's okay. Take your time. Right? We don't have time. He doesn't promise tomorrow. Confession time. Ready? Here and I'm not picking on anybody that said this, okay? So there's my other disclaimer. I hear people say, even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. And it makes me, and, and I can't wait to see my Savior, so, but it makes me nauseous. It does. Because when he comes back, that's it. And there's a lot of people, you guys, that do not know him. There's a lot of people. And so we have to remember God hates sin. Number, hell is real. Hell is real. That's number two. So God hates sin. Hell is real. And we have been commanded. We have not been asked to deliver the gospel. We have not been asked to disciple people, which evangelism and discipleship cannot be separated, by the way. It's one. We're going to see that this week and today even. So God hates sin, hell is real, and we have been commanded. And we'll talk more about that another time. Some of you in class yesterday already heard that, so my apologies to you. But it will do nothing but help you here and it again. Helps me every day in my life. 
So if we're going to do what God says and we're going to finish his work, then we probably ought to look at Jesus to see what his plan was for finishing his work. Okay? And so there were times where he had multitudes following him. But I don't know of a time where he said, go round up 10,000 people and bring them because I, I want them to come hear me preach. There were times where there were thousands of people listening to him and in that setting. But so he, while he did speak and preach and teach multitudes, that, was, that wasn't his plan for finishing his work. He has, he has a plan. It's a big fancy word. It's, it's Christianese. It's called discipleship. The world calls it OJT, on-the-job training. Christianity, we call it discipleship. Okay, That's his plan for it. And we can see that if we'll look at him in his word and watch the way he handled things. So, final words, things that he spoke right before he ascended are pretty important. Wouldn't you agree with that? So some of these you guys can probably quote. We're going to read them anyway. Acts 1, 7 through 8. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. Witnesses unto me. Who's the me? Jesus, awesome, four of you got it, right? Who's the me? That's right. I want them to be able to hear you online. I'm serious. Who's the me? That's right. Witnesses unto Jesus, testifying of Jesus. Nobody can dispute your personal testimony. When you share what Jesus has done in your life, it doesn't matter what kind of scripture they believe or don't believe. They cannot dispute your personal testimony. It is the most powerful tool you have at your disposal. Your personal testimony. What has Jesus done in your life? And if you're sitting here right now today and you hear me saying that, I know, I know where our minds go. Our minds start going to the things that we've seen Jesus do in our life, whether you like it or you don't like it. That's what happens. So if your mind's coming up short, don't leave here today. I was in church for two years, serving in seven different ministries before I got saved. Don't leave here like that today. Let today be the day that you find Christ as your Savior. But coming back to the passage, so we receive the power for one purpose, to testify. Man, Brother Lee, I'm a Christian, but man, it just seems like I come up, you know, I'm just this whole power of God thing. You know, when, when am I going to have the power of God? Who have you told about your testimony? 
Who have you shared that Jesus is your Savior with? Remember that moment, and you will remember the power. That's why you have the power. That power will move heaven and earth. That, that power will move mountains. Ain't nothing that can stop that power. That power will penetrate a heart like you ain't never seen. Because it's Jesus. It's his mission. That's how he does things. So I'm just, verse 8, I'm going to read again. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power. Love that. Removes all doubt. All power has been given unto me. Who's speaking? That's right. And this is, verse 17 is my favorite verse, but we'll talk about that later too. This is, he's got people worshiping him and doubting. Yeah, that's me. Been there, done that, I'll do it again tomorrow. Staring at him. Physically, in the flesh, after resurrecting. Been hanging out with them, eating with them. Walking around with them. They're worshiping him. But some doubted. Yeah. Unto some. And he did not say the following phrase, you dirty, stinking sinner. How dare you stare at me, act like you're worshiping when you're doubting. That's, that's not what he said. That's not what he said to him. Instead, he said, here, let me give you a little meat and taters. But let me give you something that you need. What did they need? They needed to hear him say, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Nations there, it doesn't mean borders. And it's not talking about earth. It's not talking about territory. Sorry, territories. It's talking about tongues, people groups. If there's a language, they need to hear in their language. They need to hear it. We need to be striving for that. That's what we've been mandated to do. Mandated. Anybody see a question in here anywhere yet where he asked us to do this? mandated. Teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. You want Jesus walking with you? Now, I know when you get saved, you receive the Holy Ghost. I'm not saying you don't. I'm not saying Jesus isn't with you. Not what I'm saying. But you want him walking with you? Follow his command. Follow his command. This is going to sound really silly, but it's truth. I'm an introvert. I am. If it is a social event, I am hiding behind my better three-fourths. 
her right there, my beautiful, wonderful bride, Heather. I, I will hide behind her. Is this true, yes or no? See, I limit her response. No, I'm just kidding. It is. But when it's in the this word, let's roll. Come on, let's roll. Because Jesus has all power in heaven and in earth. And anything that can get in my way. What's going to stop Jesus? There's, you know, the amazing thing is Jesus gave mankind the only thing, the only thing that can condemn them to earth is their choice. I mean, to hell is their choice. You have liberty to say no to Jesus. And when you do that, you're saying yes to hell. You're saying yes to condemnation. You're saying yes to an eternity in death. That's what you're saying yes to when you say no to Jesus. That's not what he wants. He wants you to be saved. That's why all power. And then he told him, hey, here's where I want you to do this, by the way, everywhere. Everywhere. I am so happy to be back in the States for, for the people. Man, we miss the relationships that we have. But, man, I miss the Dominican. I, I feel like I'm a vessel torn in two right now. But you know what feel, makes me feel better about it? Quick trip. Those jalapeno hot dogs, oh, my word. They don't have those in the Dominican, y'all. He has blessed us beyond measure. He's given us a mission. He said do it everywhere. Even Quick Trip. Even Quick Trip. Even Price Chopper. See, I'm from here. So so I, I, I even know the grocery store name. Grew up in Belton, Missouri. Anybody remember High Class? Everywhere, the gas station, the restaurant, everywhere. That's his plan. And so if it's his plan, we should be able to watch him do it, right? Maybe. No. We should be able to see him do it. If it's Jesus' plan for finishing his work, then we should be able to see him do it somewhere in the Bible, right? Okay? We're doing better because we went from yeah to yep. All right? I'm sit that means you're feeling more comfortable, right? Can I get an amen? Okay? So let's look at Matthew 4, 17 through 24. While you're flipping, I'm going to start reading because I'm already running behind. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother in a ship with Zebedee their father. Mending their nets. And he called them, 
And they immediately left their ship and their father and followed him. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with devils, and those which were lunatic, and those that had the palsy, and he healed them. He didn't have any problems doing it. And he healed them. So in this passage, we see a process. There's a process happening here. Because this book is perfect. Because this book is who? Right. And so it's in order on purpose. So God started teaching me a long time ago that the words are in the order that they're in for a reason. It just took me a long time to, be, to wake up and actually pay attention to it. And so we see a process here. The first thing it says after he gathered them up, we'll talk about their commitments later. But after he gathered them up, he went teaching. Now, there's all kinds of teaching. There's teaching for instruction purposes. There's teaching for knowledge sake. There's all kinds of ways that we can teach, and there's all kinds of ways that we see Jesus teach. Okay? But teaching was the first step once his disciples were following him. Teaching was the first thing, the first thing he did. In Matthew 5, 2, write that down. You can see him use that same phrase, teaching. You see it talking about what he's going to do, teaching. Okay? Give you some examples. Jesus was in the tomb for how many days? Okay, you know how you learned that? Somebody taught it to you. Okay? So... Usually when you heard that phrase, it was in the synagogues. So they used teaching and synagogues together. So if I'm teaching you something right now, it's either for this, for you to grow in your knowledge of something, or for you to grow in, here's how I can, can do that. Here's the correct way that that will work. Okay, so that's the process he started his disciples in. Guess what they didn't know they were learning? While he was teaching them and teaching all the other people in the synagogues, disciples didn't know they were learning how to teach. But they were. They were watching the master at it. Have you ever met just a really good teacher? Otherwise, raise your hand because you've got teachers in church, right? They're masters. I've met some really good teachers. Well, when you're learning information from them, you're also learning how to teach. And that's what the disciples were doing, which is why discipleship is not a class. You might want to turn me down. I get loud about this. Discipleship is not a class. Class? Ugh is so 
cultural. It, it, look, our kids go to kindergarten, right? And then first grade, I know some of this stuff has changed since I've been in school, but first grade, second grade, third grade, and they're in what? Classes. By the time you get done in third grade, when I was in school, you have learned 90% of everything you're going to learn. Hopefully you've learned to write by then, right? Spell. Basic arithmetic. Basic math. One plus one is two. Two plus two is four. But the problem is, after third grade, our classes shift from learn to use to learn to know long enough to pass the test, to step into the next class, learn, know long enough, pass the test, step into the next class. And that mentality, and I'm not aiming at this church, disclaimers, that mentality has penetrated our Christianity. It has. Discipleship is a class in most places. Sorry, don't throw anything at me until I get behind this. Okay? Not saying it's that way here. As a matter of fact, I know it's not because I've been asking. What's your process like? Are you discipling somebody? What's that look like? Some of you know because I've asked you. Okay? It's, you, you cannot disciple somebody in a class. They were with him when he was teaching. It says he went preaching after that. He was preaching after that. Preaching is proclamation. Proclaiming. Right? When I was sharing that this is Jesus, I was proclaiming this is Jesus. It's not just, and I don't mean this at all, Negative. It is not just the word of God. This is Jesus. Because that's what it says. Okay? They're proclaiming. When he was proclaiming, they were soaking that in and learning how to do what? Proclaim. He was preaching. They're learning from him preaching. They're getting life application from him preaching, and they're learning how to preach. Well, I guarantee you they didn't know they were learning how to preach, but they were. Then it says he did the miracles, right? The miracles. What were the miracles? Give me some of them back. Come on. What were the miracles he was doing? Water to wine, he did that, healing the blind. But in this passage specifically, what, what were some of the miracles? Healing the sick, casting out demons, right? The palsy, he was dealing with the palsy. So whether it was your common everyday cold or a disease, he was dealing with all of it. If you were infested demonically, he was dealing with it, all of it. Who was there with him while he was doing it? The disciples. 
They were with him while he was doing it. Guess what they were learning how to do? Uh-oh, now I'm, I'm going in a place we ain't supposed to go. They were learning how to do what? Miracles. Later on, he sends them out. Go do what he's discipled them in. Oh, but brother, now you're getting all goofy. You're talking about us doing miracles. Let me define miracle for you. The most simplistic definition I've ever seen for a miracle. The personal impact of Jesus Christ on a life. Every miracle you look at in the Bible, you will see that. The personal impact of Jesus Christ on that life. When they were sick and he healed them, did that personally impact them? Yes or no? And was it a miracle? When he healed the palsy, did that personally impact them? Was it a miracle? When I accepted Christ as my Savior, did that personally impact me? And was it a miracle? A miracle, very simply put, is the personal impact of Jesus Christ on that life. And that's what they were learning how to do. All of that. When did it say the fame spread? Was it after the teaching? Was it after the preaching? Did it say, and he went and taught and the fame spread and then he preached and he did the miracles? No. And he went and taught and he preached and the fame spread and then he did the miracles? No. He went and taught, he preached, he did the miracles and the fame spread of Jesus all through Syria. When I live in an apartment complex and there's a guy known in the apartment complex as being the apartment complex drunk and then the next week all of a sudden he's sober and talking to me normal and the week after that he's still sober and talking to me normal and the week after that he's still sober and talking to me normal. I'm going to start talking about it. And I'm going to be asking him, what's going on? Why don't you drink anymore? That's what starts the water cooler talk at work, right? Things happening in people's lives. That's when the fame spreads about Jesus. That's when people go, I want to know more. Why are, you, why are you that way? What happened to you? Tell me more. When the fame of Jesus spreads, there's a process. But it takes that personal impact before his fame spreads. This man, I was telling him the other day, man, I've been listening to his messages. Pastor Hedges can preach. And he can teach. And he can share the one who does the miracles in people's lives so that the fame of Jesus spreads. But it takes that personal impact. It doesn't come after preaching. He can be the best preacher in the world. The fame of Jesus isn't going to spread until after the personal impact, until after the miracles. He can be the best teacher. That fame of Jesus isn't going to spread yet. It's after that miracle. That's what fuels it. So that's his process, discipleship. He spent three and a half years pouring into 12 guys, some would say, 
Well, three mainly. There's 12 in total, even the one who bailed on him, betrayed him. After the large groups, who did he always turn back to, to pour into? Right. Those that showed they wanted it. See, Jesus isn't, he's not required to, to disciple you. He's the discipler. But you don't want it? That's your choice. There's several times where you see him run off the crowd. One time he took he turned, he looked at Peter. You know, who do you say I am? That was after he ran off a whole bunch of people. He wants a disciple. The question isn't does he want to? The question is, do we? Right? So that's his process though. Teaching, preaching. And doing the miracles. John 4. John chapter 4. Pastor, 1145. Thank you. Sorry, I'm still learning the times. John chapter 4. You see an incredible passage here in John 4. And it's Jesus with the, the woman at the well. And the first three verses are basically a brief intro into what's about to take place, right? It's a, it's a brief intro into what's about to take place. And we, I'm going to flip here. Sorry, my electronic device has other ideas right now. I'm sure that only happens to me. So when we jump into verse 4, it says, and this is talking about Jesus, and he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. So we, this passage is, Jesus is about to talk to the lady at the well. He's traveling and he's being intentional, must needs go to Samaria. It wasn't optional. He was being intentional about where he was going to go. It wasn't just out of convenience. He knew he needed to go to Samaria, and he chose it. Individually, personally, he chose I'm going to Samaria. And he had emphasis and urgency in his word there, must needs. Verse 6, now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. Guess what? Jesus was human. He was human. This is the only place in Scripture where I see anywhere that it says Jesus was weary. And he sat down. He was human. He's God in the flesh, but he was human. He sat down because he was weary. But even when Jesus rested, he continued finishing his work. He didn't stop finishing his work just because he was physically tired. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, give me to drink. 
That's pretty bold, isn't it? You're sitting down, Samaritan lady, and you're a Jew. Give me the drink. Samaritans and Jews didn't talk to each other, guys. I mean, unless it was to buy something. That was it. And, and we can see and we'll see it in her response. And so when we, when we look at verse 7 and 8, he knew he was going to get her attention by saying that. He knew it. This is the process. He's walking through this process. He's got somebody that has no clue who he is. No clue. That's just like when we walk up to somebody to tell them about him. It's his process of discipleship. No, brother, lead us to evangelism. Okay, call it evangelism. It's discipleship. Okay? It's his process. It's his method of finishing his work. That's why he puts it on display and shows it to us clearly how he did it. So we can use it. Okay? So he knew, hey, this will get her attention. I'm a Jew. I'm going to ask her for a drink. That was good stuff. Plus, he was weary. He needed a drink. It worked together. They're, you can't just do dumb, guys. Dumb don't work. Do not knock on a door and look somebody square in the eyes, and your opening line be, did you know you're a sinner and you're dying and on your way to hell? Don't do it that way. I'm not supposed to use the word dumb. Mom, you can get on to me later. But it's dumb. It just, it don't work. That's not what he did. He was wise with every word that he spoke. And he was oh, so careful with every word that he spoke. It goes on. He tells you where his disciples were, right? He says, give me a drink. And for his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Anybody ever went somewhere to buy something for Jesus? Anybody ever went somewhere to buy something for your pastor? Look, if if I'm going to buy food for Brian, for Pastor Edges, for my brother, we go into Longhorns. Or we're going to Outback. Are we going to the best Mexican restaurant I can find? We're going to get some real food. And, and I'm going to buy him the good stuff. Why? Because then I get it too, right? Come on. What do you think the disciples were doing? Do you think they were any different? They went to buy Jesus some steak, right? So they're off. They're, they're ministering to Jesus. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me? Ladies, what's she got going on right now? She got the three-snap attitude going, doesn't she? Come on, Some of you started laughing. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Right? So, like, American, she, she got the three snaps going. Right? She got the head going. Right? Why are you asking me for a drink? What are you, a fool? Who are you? You're trying to get me in trouble. He had all kinds of attitude in that statement. 
How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans, you dummy. That's exactly what she's thinking. I, I know, I use the word again. I'm going to get in trouble. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. And one day I'm going to ask her what her face was like. Could it had to have been, she had no clue what he was saying. But what did catch her ear was, I won't have to come back here and get more water. You've got something that will stop me from having to come back here and get more water. Hmm. That got her attention. It did. We see it later. My point of this in this process, what's he doing right now? Teaching. Teaching. Right? And then for time's sake, it shifts. It shifts to preaching. Verse 16. Jesus saying to her, so it's been really fluffy teaching up until this point. But now it's about to get personal. Now he's about to proclaim a couple of things. <laughs> Jesus saith unto her, she says, give me this water. Verse 15. The woman saith unto him, sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. 16. Jesus saith unto her, go call thy husband and come hither. Uh-oh. Okay, but you ain't getting it on your own. Because it's not just for one person, by the way. It's going to be for more than one person, but we, I'm about to proclaim a couple things to you. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus saith unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. She told the truth. That's powerful, guys. Lost person. For thou hast had five husbands, and he, he whom thou now hast is not thy husband, and that sayest thou truly. <laughs> Verse 19, the woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive you're a prophet. Because she'd gotten teaching and preaching. And now she's trying to figure it all out. She's receiving it. And she's trying to make it fit. And it just, it, I don't know what to call this dude. You're a prophet. He goes on and clarifies. He continues preaching. And in his proclamation, he tells her who he is. He confirms it. He makes it very clear who he is. Verse 26, or verse 25. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah is cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee, I am he. I that speak unto thee, am he. You know what we see here? Discipleship. Teaching. Preaching. And you're about to see the fruit of that. About to see the fruit of that. Teaching. Preaching. And he is personally. He's called her out.
you share your testimony, is that what people are hearing? that's what Jesus' testimony screams. He's a pretty good soul winner, isn't he? <laughs> Come on. Want to be a good soul winner? Soul winner. I know it's biblical and it's in there. I mean nothing bad about that, Pastor. But My wife will tell you, I hate the phrase evangelist. Oh, but that's Brother, brother Lee's an evangelist. No, Brother Lee's a servant, and Jesus is the evangelist. Seriously. The people that accept Christ as their Savior in front of me is because they heard him, not because of me. I'll never forget the first couple times I shared it. Never forget. Right? I'm glad Walmart sells clean underwear. Right? It's scary because the first couple times I was sharing it, I was sharing it. You'll get that in a minute. I was sharing it. When he's sharing it, there ain't no fear in my body. And he always knows what to say. You ever been... Sharing gospel with somebody and then hang on a second and write down something that just came out of your mouth. You know what I'm talking about? Wow, that was good. <laughs> All the time. Hang on a second. Just a second. I, I know I'm teaching. Hang on. I can't believe I said that. When you're real like that with people, I, guys, I ain't, am I lying? I'll do that in front of people. Because when you're real with people, they'll listen. They'll listen to you. Jesus was real with people. They listened to him. She gets saved. For time's sake, you get the Lee Carter down-home, Midwestern, messed-up Southern version. Ready? She gets saved. You know how I know that? She received him for who he was. Hmm. It's about to get good, Pastor. Jesus is about to start preaching. <laughs> so she went to the well in the middle of the day, the hottest time there was to go, because she was known as a harlot in that area. Nobody trusted her. The men didn't come anywhere near her. Because if they did, the lady that they were with, she, they'd be sleeping on the couch. Women didn't talk to her because they were mad at her. Ain't nobody trusted her. And you know the gossip wagon was rolling full speed about her. So she ain't going in the morning to get the water when everybody else does because she don't want to hear about it. Amen? So she's there in the hottest part of the day. She is thirsty. You ever walked a mile for water? When you were already thirsty because you were out? She's thirsty. He said, if you'll take the water I got, you, you ain't going to be thirsty no more. Ooh, 
And he was right. Because she forgot all about her thirst. Because she took the living water. And she left. She, that was horrible grammar, sorry. She left the water pot at the well. People, she left it at the well. That's the personal miracle. She wasn't thirsty anymore. Why? Because she met my Jesus. She didn't just hear words about him. She met him. And she went back to the area. Stay with me. She went back to the area where nobody believed her. And they came running back with her. Why? Testimony. I've met the Messiah. Come meet the one who told me everything that there is to know. He knew me personally. Come meet him. They come back. And the disciples showed up with steak. They showed up with food and they're like, what is going on here? Where'd they get the food? Stay with me. Where'd they get the food? Same city that she came out of. How many people came back with them? Ooh. But she brought the whole town. Matter of fact, it's funny because some of them get specific with it later. Some of them, it says they believe because of her testimony, because of the words she said. And Jesus stays with them for two days. But some of them hang out for two days. And then they make sure they go and tell her, yeah, yeah, we believe, but it's because of what he said. They wouldn't give her the credit. <laughs> they came because she told them to. And if they, if she hadn't, they wouldn't have came. But it's funny, human nature. No, yeah, no, we believe because of him. Right? Who cares? They believed. Why? Because she testified. Why? Because the personal miracle that happened inside of her. Why? Don't you dare say evangelism. I'll throw some. Because of discipleship. Teaching, preaching, and the miracle that happened. He started discipling her. And the fruit is amazing. This week, we're just going to keep learning about Jesus. Two things, real simple. Maybe you're here today and you don't have a story that includes him. Honestly, you'd look at me and say, man, I'd love to tell you something he's done in my life, but I just don't really know. That does not make you a bad person. That does not make you some horrible thing. That makes you exactly like I was. And we can show you how to meet Jesus. We can introduce you to him. I'm not just going to tell you about him. I'm going to introduce you to him. So that you can do what she did. And accept him as your savior. So if it's like that for you today, don't waste a day. Deal with it today, please. I'm begging you. Second. I didn't set you up. I thought about it at the beginning asking you if you were a disciple of Christ to raise your hand. 
I didn't do that to you. You know, if you call yourself a disciple of Christ, and if you are a disciple of Christ, you need to look like the Samaritan lady. You need to look like the Samaritan lady. Be willing, no matter the circumstances, to tell people what Jesus has done in your life. And we must have a sense of urgency, guys. Jesus has been speaking through him constantly, saying, I'm coming back, and we're running out of time. It's going to happen quick. Remember those three things. God hates sin. Hell is real. And we've been commanded. And let's get urgent about discipling other people. Pastor Hitchell. That was good. And I, I want to give you an opportunity to meet Jesus right now. I don't know who's here and who's not, but if you don't know the Lord as Savior, that today is the day to be saved. So if you would just uh, simply, we can do this with heads up and eyes open. If you're here this morning and you're like, man, God is talking to me and, and I think I need to have a story. I need to know when I met Jesus. Well, you know what? You do need to know that. You need to have a moment in time where you came to the place where you understood what salvation was and you met him personally. So uh, if that's you today, you need to make that decision now. Um, and so because today is the day of salvation. So uh, I just want you to know that we're here to help you. And I will help you a little bit. I say I'm here to help you. Let me help you. Let's just have every head bowed and every eye closed. And as you think about what um, what uh, Brother Lee was saying today about understanding, right, Jesus' teaching, the preaching, and then that change, that miracle that comes, I just want you to consider in your heart right now, is that me? Am I, do I have, have I met Jesus? Maybe you are religious, but you don't know Jesus. That's terrible. Um, the people that crucified Jesus were religious. And so with heads bowed and eyes closed, I do want to help you here. If you're like, Brian, you are talking, well, God is talking to me, then we want to help you right now. Anyone at all, just say, Brian, that is me. I just, I need to know. I need to have a relationship with Jesus. I need to be what we call saved is what we say. Saved from what? Saved from hell. Saved from the consequences of not choosing Jesus. Anyone at all, say, that's me this morning. I need to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Anyone at all? In my, to my left, in the middle, to the right. Okay, I know we're probably a hometown crowd, so that's good. I hope everyone knows you knows the Lord uh, as as Savior. So then, then now it's all of us going out here today as disciples, right? Uh, going and and sharing what Jesus means us sharing that testimony, our personal testimony. It's only yours. I don't have your testimony. You don't have my testimony. We all have a testimony. If we're if we're saved this morning, you have a testimony of when you came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It doesn't have to be sexy. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, a radical, you know, uh, pulled out of the ditch testimony, but for many of us it is. Uh, at the end of the day, the bottom line is, when did you come to know that Jesus Christ is who he said he was? He's Messiah. And I love the way we just, just made that so clear. He is, he is the Lord. We have his mind. We know him. We have his spirit. When did you meet him? Okay, let's go tell people today. How many would say, Brian, that's what that's on the sheet that he gave out. He gave application. Are we willing to say, yeah, we're going to go. We understand it's urgent. Let's go and let's go and so let's go and so. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. If you're willing to go and so let's stand up. Let's do it. Let's get ready to go. And so Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus. We thank you for the decision that we've made to go.
And so, Lord, that's what we're here to do. We're to talk about and teach and preach what it is that you have done uh, in our lives. And we're so thankful for the, the time that you've given us. We're breathing. We're vertical. Uh, our hearts are beating. Uh, we have some measure of health and stability today or we wouldn't be in the building. And so, Father, thank you for mobilizing us. We're already in motion, and you have moved heaven and earth to bring uh, your uh, oracle, your man of God here today to speak to us about uh, what it is to really finish your work. And, and that is a work of discipleship that is finishing uh, the, the work that you're doing in us, Lord. It's, it's manifesting Christ. And as we were just uh, watching yesterday and, and uh, seeing our brother Jim Boyette's memorial service, thinking about his life, Lord, we saw you continue to transform Jim, not just the day he got saved, but throughout his life, he became closer and closer and more sensitive to who you are and what you were doing in his life to his very final days. And Lord, we're so thankful that you continue to work in us. There's never a time for us to quit uh, until you tell us to come home. So Father, I pray today you would fill us with your spirit. I pray for your church that has made a decision to go and sow today. Lord, I pray God that the spirit of God would fill us in a mighty way. And Lord, that, that we would do exactly what we've been taught today, what we've been commanded today, Lord, to go out and, and teach what we know of Christ, to, to, to preach that and to, to let people know you are the Messiah so that the, they can uh, engage you in a very personal way and they can meet you. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you for the miracle of changed lives. We thank you for uh, changing us from the inside out. We thank you for the promise that soon, very soon, you're coming to change us. And, and, uh, and catch us away and change these vile bodies into a glorious resurrected body. May we be busy about that business today. With heads bowed and eyes closed as we stand and conclude, maybe this morning you need to make a decision uh, to, to do something else uh, in regard to obedience. It's a command to be baptized, to join the church, to whatever, to lay aside a sin, or to answer the call. Maybe God's calling you to be a missionary, a pastor, whatever you think it is. Hey, this is still open. If you need to have someone pray with you, we have people up here waiting to pray. If you need to make that decision, now's a great time to step out and do that uh, without any music, just the quietness of this time. Let's just bow, bow our hearts for a moment as we take in what we've heard and we conclude this time. If you do need to step out, now is a time. If you need to throw something on the altar, lay it down and give it to God, you can do that at this time and get a good start to this conference this week. Heavenly Father, in the silence of this moment, as we meditate on what we've heard, Lord, it's powerful. That woman at the well had no need for the bucket anymore, for the, for the water pot. She had the living water. Lord, I pray as we walk out of here today that we would realize that we have been sent. We haven't just come to get filled up. Lord, we've come to, to be poured out. And so, Father, fill us with this living water. Lord, the Bible speaks in Revelation about the water that will flow from your side, Lord, and it never runs out. There's a fountain filled with blood from, from Emmanuel's veins. Lord, we, we know in that blood we've lost all our guilty stain. Lord, help us to identify with you as that woman did as she went back and she knew that she was changed. She'd met the Messiah. He had spent time with her. Lord, help us never to forget that power, the power of the gospel, and help us to share that power as we make disciples and that make disciples to accomplish your mission and your power for your honor and for your glory. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you and we'll ask this in Jesus' name. All God's people said.
Amen. You may be seated. Well, thank you for coming this morning. It's been a good morning. Um, you know, in the old days, we had an offering time. I, 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 I miss the days when we passed the plate because uh, there's just something about dropping the offering in the plate. So, uh, but we're not doing that because of the COVID, and we're still, we still haven't instituted that yet, you know, uh, passing the plate and all of that. That would be considered irresponsible in some regards. So we can give in the offerings on the, on the sides. But one of the things I want to mention uh, just by way of a vision conference, we usually on Wednesday night would have a special offering and uh, to help cover some of the costs and bless the missionaries and so on and so forth. So that's that's not going to happen. Uh, so if you feel led, just give uh, over and above, and you can drop it in the offering boxes or mail it in this week or whatever. Drop it uh, you know somewhere. We'll be checking them throughout the week and, and getting that collected up. And, of course, this morning as we give back to the Lord, uh, that is in addition to the regular offerings. So, uh, man, thank you, brother. What a good word that was. And, uh, man, we can apply that. And so I want to just, uh, by way of uh, kind of wrapping it up here, uh, I want to remember to thank those from the MAMA team. How many of you are in the children's ministry? I just want to see your hands. Raise your hands up. I didn't get to see all that. Man, not a, there you go. Not enough of you. Man, I mean, this is your week. So, <laughs> yeah, man, thank you. So uh, this, is our, this is the only time of the year where the children's ministers get to come together. And, uh, and be together at one time, because usually we're all spread out teaching at different times. So, man, take full advantage of that, and uh, this is a great time. So we praise the Lord for that. Um, feeding the lambs is so important. Uh, as, we, as we wrap up, I just want to remind you, inside the bulletin on the back, there is the schedule of events, so make sure that you're here for that. Uh, and for, uh, you know, tonight at uh, 5 o'clock, we'll be taking the food in, doing food intake. Uh, from about 5 to 5.45 on all the sides. And uh, and so if you didn't get coordinated on that, I guess Dave, you can see, see Dave and uh, get connected and directed. And then uh, 6 o'clock is when we're going to start. So I know how it is around here. Sometimes we're rolling in at, the, you know, it's hard to get the sides out when you're rolling in at 6. So if you could get here a little early, uh, that would be ideal so that we can get all that organized, connected, and directed. All right? And so we'll have a big time tonight. Also, we're going to need some, I think, is it, Steve, you coordinating. Steve will be coordinating, tearing this down and setting it up. So we'll fill this with tables and uh, get this thing set up with tables immediately after service. So Steve's going to coordinate that. So every able-bodied man and or woman uh, that wants to be a part of that, not only do not only are you welcome, but you're wanted. So uh, we'd like to have your help right now uh, for that. And so um, uh, I also would just mention as you look at the things coming up, next steps has been. Um, you know, postponed for next Saturday. So if, you, if you're if you kind of been visiting, want to know more about Heartland, next Saturday we'll have a little luncheon after church, but you need to let the church know. You should have got a letter in the mail. Let the church know that you're going to be here so we can prepare the food and get ready for that. And then um, also just mention that uh, on the 25th, it's not in the, in the bulletin, on the 25th on Sunday night we're having our deacon installation. So you want to make some time in your schedule for that. That'll be a great time as well. So uh, but I just want to mainly focus this morning on uh, what's going on here with the Vision Conference. It's going to be a big week. Uh, we'll still have, we'll have people coming in. Uh, Mike Blake is coming back in and uh, Tony Godfrey, and you'll probably see some other pastors and some other people coming in. We're going to have a great lineup. The morning sessions are not online, so uh, if you can get here for those, um, man, you, you really need to. Uh, those are a good time, so we have a good time in those uh, Monday and Tuesday morning sessions, so make sure that you get here. The, the breakfast will be served at 8, and then the sessions start at 9 o'clock. So um, if you can't make that, there probably will be recording somewhere, and you can get that later. No, there won't be. No recording. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, because we're doing, yeah, that's right. We're doing bi-directional stuff. That wouldn't work. So so there is, you're just going to, will it be audio recorded? Oh, okay. So, well, we're out of luck then. So you'll just have to be here. Uh, it'll be a good time. But uh, all right, that's everything I have. Uh, tomorrow morning uh, uh, will be uh, Brian Clark and uh, and uh, and Justin Carney. So you're going to want to hear those guys this morning. So that'll be good. All right, well, let's go ahead and stand. Uh, did I miss any important announcements? Okay, let's go ahead and, and stand, and we'll conclude in a word of prayer. And uh, Jeff, did I get everything? Okay, uh, let's go ahead, and, and uh, we'll be prepared to dismiss. Make sure you greet Lee and Heather Carter, his mom. Thank you for coming. Uh, it's great to have have your mom with us, and it's good to have you from, from uh, you're like famous in Belton, the Christmas house. So, yeah, so uh, that's awesome. So everyone's talking about it in the foyer. Ann, man, it's good and good, good to have you. And uh, you're going to be traveling, right? So be praying for Ann as she's got to uh, travel on. Jimmy, it's been good having you and the family. And, man, we love you guys. And uh, just, man, we just love you. And uh, good to have you back, too. And Jan, sweet, sweet to have you in the house. Jan's like a, she's an emblem of a lot of other saints in our church that still haven't been able to get here. So she's, a rep- she's representing. And, uh. And so be praying for those. For us, we've been, we were kind of back. It's been normal, but there's still folks that are out, and it's lonely when you're out, and, uh, and so it's isolating. So for, if you're watching us online, we love you, we remember you, and we're praying for you as well. So let's have a word of prayer. We'll be dismissed. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for what we've heard. We are thankful for how you've launched the conference today. We're thankful for the work that's gone on in the sanctuary, but the work that's also gone on in the E-Wing. Thank you for those that have come, uh, traveled literally hundreds of miles to minister to our children this week, to put on an amazing VBS, Lord, to entertain, to, but more than that, to teach our children, Lord, to preach to our children, to see miracles in our children's lives while we come and experience, uh, like our, ourselves, just being children before you, waiting to hear what you have for us. Uh, uh, Lord, you have brought a man of God filled with the Spirit of God to teach the Word of God so that we can accomplish the mission of God and the power of God for the glory of God. Help us to take advantage of this week and and really prioritize it in our life so we can be everything you saved us to be and accomplish everything you saved us to accomplish while we have opportunity. So, Father, we are so thankful already for what you've done. Lord, I know and I sense that there are many that have been laboring uh, for the last week or so, and, and, uh, Lord, I know that uh, they're getting weary. So, Lord, help us to not be weary in well-doing. Help us to be like that woman at the well, fill us afresh with the Spirit of God. Encourage us, Lord. I pray today people get their naps, and after service tonight they get their good rest. And, Lord, just continue to encourage us and build us in the faith. And, that, Lord, I thank, thank you for uh, Brother Lee. Lord, I thank you for uh, he and Heather. And I pray, God, that you just bless them today. Fill them to the full with your Spirit, Lord, and use this time for your honor and glory, for your kingdom's sake. And we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.